Happy New Year, everyone. I'm so glad you guys are here. I know, like, this morning, you guys are like, oh, Pastor, there's a lot of energy here this morning. That's, I'm, I'm not used to that. Like, whoa. Listen, we got to look at how diverse our room is. Like, all y'all backgrounds got a little move in you. Like, all y'all can dance. I've seen us have, at, at uh, sporting events. I've seen us Happy New Year. Like, y'all got some move in you. We got people from all over. And so if you guys think, like, heaven's just going to be a lot of this, Nah, I don't even have to be up there to know it's not going to be like that. You know, if you're, if you're a dancer, you're going to dance. If you're a singer, you're going to sing. And so um, there, I want to say there are many forms to worship God in, right? There are many ways you can worship God with singing. You can worship God with dancing. You can worship God in art. You can worship God in many, many ways. Uh, this morning, we just did the move your body way. And so... Um, it's beautiful. And so whatever God has gifted you, we're going to worship God. But Happy New Year. So glad you guys are here. So glad you guys are in the room. Those who are online, glad you tuned in. Uh, let's pray over this word. Father, we thank you for this word. In this new year, for this fresh word, for this rhema word, I'm going to get out the way. You get in the way. Lord God, silence every distraction. Silence right now. In the power of the Holy Spirit, every voice that wants to distract us from the word that you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. I didn't dance too much because y'all know on this warm winter's day, I was, I'm, I'm so upset with this weather. Memphis weather is ridiculous. Yeah. Wasn't last week it was like 10 degrees, yeah. right? And now it's like, I'm going to wear a tank top and shorts. And it's just so confusing. Um, I pray that in the beginning of this year that you, the reason why you are alive, some of us, they say the two greatest days in life is one, when you're born, and two, when you find out why. And so some of us are in this room and we don't know why we were born. So I pray 2023, God gives you a late Christmas gift and he gifts you with your purpose and you can walk in power in your purpose, in alignment in your purpose, in your identity. And so... Um, I don't know what that is. And some of you guys are like, I don't know why I'm still here. But hey, you are here with a purpose. You are here on purpose. So let me hear everyone say amen. 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 Uh, we live in an age. I was scrolling through social media, as all of us do. And I find that we live in the age of hacks. Right? Anyone else notice that? If you're new here, we're a talking church. Amen. amen. I don't know what church you went to before this, but we talked. It's okay. I'm not going to shout at you. I might. Um, we live in an age of hacks. Like, there's a hack for everything. Now, growing up, when you called someone a hack, it was like, uh, uh, it was a negative term. It's just like, you're a hack. But now in the social media age, when someone finds a hack, it can literally change your life. Anyone ever find a good hack on social media that you're like, this saved me $300. Hallelujah. I love hacks. I love it. When you're a parent and you learn how to hack these children, you love it. You love it. And a hack, in the, in the informal way, a hack, the definition of a hack is an improvised device or solution to a problem. Right? It's just like, oh my gosh, just, did you see this hack? Like, did you see, like, I learned how to clean my garbage disposal by not sticking my hand in there. And I'm like, this is great. This is fantastic. Hacks are wonderful. I love when people come out. I realize hacks are produced by lazy people and broke people like myself. I came up with a, a couple of hacks because I'm like, I'm too broke.
to have someone else do it, so I got to do it. And so it's just an easier way to less expensive way of doing something. Hacks are great in essence. In essence, hacks are great. But I realize that because we've become a here's an easier way to do it culture, here's a quicker way to do it, here's a more affordable way to do it, here's the hack, I find that a lot of us as Christians, as believers, we try to hack our relationship with Jesus. Let me find an easier solution. Let me find a quicker solution. Let me find something that won't cost us as much. And I want to let you know, in this new year, we can't hack our relationship with Jesus. There is no shortcut to, to having a relationship with Jesus. I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens, and that's okay. There is no shortcut to, there is no hack to having a relationship with Jesus. Choosing to be formed into the image of Christ should not be a New Year's resolution. You, your New Year's resolution be like, oh, I'm going to try, try and be more like Jesus. A resolution requires so much willpower that we end up giving up by February. How many of us have made resolutions in the past? You're like, I'm going to go to the gym every week. And then you went to the gym three days and you're like, I'm on fire right now. And then that cheeseburger comes, you're like, you know, <laughs> that's good. I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to budget better. I'm going to do all these things better. And in your own willpower, you try all of your might to do that. In your own willpower, you try to go, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to be like Jesus. And you always end up failing or messing up or stumbling. Am I the only one? Because I've made some, so many resolutions in the past of like, I'm going to do this. And I end up not doing it the third month into the year. And then we give up. And then we give up. Your relationship with Jesus can't be a hack. I'm going to tell you today, and I'm going to give it to you. There is no shortcut into being formed like Jesus. There is no shortcut. And I found out what it's going to cost me to be more like Jesus. And I want you to write this down. I, it's gonna, I want you to understand the difference between, from your walk from 2022 to 2023 is understanding that it'll cost you one thing. And write these letter, letters down. E-V-E-R-Y-T-H-I-N-G. Yeah. It will cost you everything. It will cost you everything. See, a lot of us want Jesus, but we don't want it to cost us everything. We don't want it to cost us our careers. We don't want it to cost us our friendships. We don't want it to cost us the things that make us comfortable. We want it to cost us a Sunday morning, and that's it. We don't want it to cost us everything, because if it costs us everything, that means we have nothing. But I want to encourage you today, when you have nothing in the world, you have everything in Christ Jesus, so you can't lose anything. It'll cost you everything. It'll cost you everything. It's going to cost you the way you think. It's going to cost you the way you work. It's going to cost you the way you raise your children, the way you guide your family. It's going to cost you that because everything you're going to want to do in your flesh nature, the Holy Spirit's going to be like, no, you're walking with a new step now. Yeah. Don't try and hack this. Don't try and get around it. Don't you know, like, the world is tired of Christians trying to hack Christianity? Yeah. Yeah. That we look good on social media, but yet we're mean in person? 
You ever, anyone ever see that person? They po- quote scripture all the time. They post all the good stuff. But then you meet them in person. You're like, oh, oh. Who is, oh my God, who's that? Don't try to hack Christianity. The only way we're going to grow this year is if we understand that following Jesus will cost you everything. It's going to cost you what makes you comfortable. It's going to cost you what makes, what makes it popular. More times than not, when the culture's going one way, I always find that Jesus is calling us another way. And it's going to cost you being liked. It's going to cost you popularity. But take heart. He has overcome the world. Don't chase popularity because it won't chase you. I don't want to stand up here and preach every Sunday if Monday through Saturday I look like someone else. I don't want to stand up here, and some of us should be the same way. It's just like, I don't want to put all these verses online and on Facebook and post these things if Monday through Saturday I don't even love my neighbor. It's going to cost you everything. But you have to understand that there is never a loss when Jesus owns everything in your life. There is never a loss. You never come up short. Matter of fact, you come out even better than what you were before. There is never a loss. I want to turn to 1 Kings. Are you guys with me this morning? I wanted to start this year in Jesus, you know, focusing on Jesus, because there's a lot of times when we start the year off and sometimes we we just start and it's it's like an engine that won't start, but I believe that God lined it up this way, so that you can be on church on Sunday with your family. Everyone in First Kings, oh yeah, you guys have apps now. That's why you don't hear any pages turning. Amen, amen. You got to let go of the things. You got to let go of the things in 2023. Some of us are sitting in the room right now, and, you're, and we've just started the new year. We just started the new year, and some of you guys are sitting in this room holding on to the failures of yesterday. You're shackled to your failures of yesterday. And I want to let you know, this is what, this is what in 1 Kings, I want to read it to you in 19, 9, 19 to 21. It says, there's a prophet named Elijah. Some of you guys know about him, some of you guys don't. He was a great prophet. He did many great things in the name of the Lord. The Holy Spirit empowered him to do many miracles. And in verse 19, it says, so Elijah went there and found Elisha, Son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah, and he says, Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And he said, And then I will come with you. Elijah granted that, and he said, Go back, tell them goodbye. And he asked him, What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and he went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment and took the meat and gave it to the people. And they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. God, Elijah was reaching the end of his ministry. God said, I want to give you a successor. I want to grant you a successor. So as Elijah is walking by, as the Lord instructed, he takes off his cloak, he takes off his mantle, and he puts it on Elisha. 
Elijah now, knowing what had just happened, knowing that the mantle was being passed to him, he says, let me go tell my family. And then what does he do? He goes and he slaughters the oxen. Elijah wasn't poor. He wasn't poor. He was supposed to take over the family business. But what does he do? He slaughters the oxen. He follows Elijah. See, there are some of us in this room, you have to understand, you got to slaughter the behaviors of your old life. You got to put to death the behaviors of your old life. All the things that call to you in your old life, put them to death. See, Elijah understood in that moment that if I'm going to walk in Jesus, I have to put to death everything that I found security in. I got to destroy it. Because the moment, if I leave it there, I have a plan B. Elijah in that moment says, no, no, no. Everything that God's called me to is all plan A. There is no turning back. That's where the song comes from. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. It's understanding that you have to slaughter the things that give you security. What gives you security? And I'm not saying these things as like, oh, you're just saying to a band. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that there are things in 2022 that need to stay in 2022. There are things that God has called you. There is a purpose that God has called you to. And he goes, hey, this needs to stay in 2022 because what I have for you in 2023, there is no room for that. There is no room for that. Do you know what it's like to kill your income to follow Jesus? To kill what you want, to kill your desires and follow Jesus? He told Elijah, let me go tell my parents and then intentionally put to death the things that he found security in. Because he knows I know when I'm walking with Elijah, everything I need is provided for. I want to tell you, as you're in this room today, even as I speak right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing something to your heart and mind that he's just like, hey, he's talking to that thing I told you to let go. And we'll find ways to ignore it, right? We'll get busy. We're like, but God, you know, let me be reasonable. You don't serve a reasonable God. He's a wild God. He does extreme things if you trust him. If you trust him. Just this week, I was talking to my wife. The Lord asked me to let something go. And I remember driving. And I was just sitting there and, you know, just praying. And the Lord, I sensed the Holy Spirit just tapped me. He goes, let it go. There was no conviction. There was no making me feel bad. He didn't guilt me. He didn't shame me. He didn't strong arm me to let something go. He just says, hey, son, let it go. And in that moment, I knew what God had for me was greater than the thing I had to let go. There are things right now as men and women in the faith, as men and women of God, that he's saying, hey, for 2023, I have a plan for you. And I'm not up here speaking false prophecies. I'm telling you that in this book that there are promises that he's like, I'm guaranteeing you, you will see come to pass, but you just have to trust me. Slaughter the oxen. Kill it. 
Whatever you think, oh, this is the way that God's going to move. He doesn't move that way because his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. That's the beauty and the excitement of following Jesus is that he never does anything according to your plan. He does it so much more beautiful and so much more bigger than we could understand. That's the beauty. Jesus is that friend that goes, come on, let's go. And you're like, that looks dangerous. He's like, I know. Let's do it anyways. But in order to follow Christ the way he's called you, it's going to cost you everything this year. It's going to cost you your security. It's going to cost you what makes you comfortable. Some of us, we've found comfort in the things of the world, and those are not bad, but we've switched contentment to comfort. And then we ask God, God, bless me. He's like, I've already blessed you. How much more can I give you? Would you let go of the earthly comfort? And take cold of holy contentment. Would you, are you willing to burn the oxen? I remember when Tasha and I, when we started Pioneer Church, we had no, and even to this day, this, any business person will tell you this is a bad idea. We have no plan B. Literally, there were times when people, we had, some, some of y'all know this, you'd come in a room like 10 people here, maybe five. Maybe I knew everyone by name. Literally, we were like, pioneer or bust. Pioneer or bust. We have no plan B. There was no fallback option. If this didn't work, there was no plan B. There was no fallback option to say, you know what? If this doesn't work out, I'm going to go do this. If this doesn't work out, I'm going to do that. Listen, if you're going to plan for a plan B, you're not trusting God's plan A for your life. You're saying, God, I know what your plan is, but in case your plan doesn't work, I have an earthly plan B. And God is saying, you have to understand something, child. My plan A's always work. They always work. They never fail. They, I never take them back. They're, my plan A always works. And there are some of you guys in this room who God has filled you with his Holy Spirit. And he goes, run plan A. But, but God, I don't have a degree. Run plan A. But God, I'm not wealthy. I am. Run plan A. But God, I don't have the resources. And he goes, I do. Run plan A. The vision that you have for your family can come to pass if you give it to God. Your hands are too small to hold your family. Your hands are too small. Give it to God. He's got the whole world In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got your mother and your father in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got your job in his hands. He has your emotions in his hands. He's got your mental capacity in his hands. He's got your financial problems in his hands. He's got the whole world, and that's not only the world that we live on. He's talking about your entire world. He is holding it in his hands if you let him. He's got your marriage in his hands. He's got your future in his hands. Some of us are sitting in the room and like, I don't even know my future right now. And God is like, give it to me. It's in my hands. Some of you guys are just starting out and you're unemployed or some of you guys are just retired. And I want to let you know he's got that in his hands. You know what it's like? To burn everything you thought. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful release. 
When you tell God at the beginning of the year, God, I'm going to let go of every security of man and I'm going to hold on to every security of you. I'm going to let it go. And it's so funny because it never makes sense to people. It never makes sense to people. I don't know why you would leave a six-figure job to go and be in missions. I don't know why you would leave and wake up on a Sunday morning. You work so many days. You need to rest. You need to do this. It never makes sense. God's plan never makes sense. I believe that in Elisha, when he went to go cut down his oxen and feed the people and burn everything from his uh, former life, everyone in his community was like, Elisha, why are you doing that? You could have sold it and taken the money. Why did you do that? How? Why are you feeding the people? You could have had someone else do it until you came back and Elijah says I don't want nothing of my old life because this mantle that was placed on me doesn't require anything from my old life y'all have to understand God doesn't dig through your garbage to look at your future he doesn't look at your garbage he never looks at your garbage he never goes oh well maybe we can use this he goes no I've made all things new that when you came to me I'm going to turn it around You're a whole new person. There are people in this room right now that if you look at pictures of your old life, you don't even look like your old self. You don't even look like the anxiety that you've been through. You don't even look like the depression that you suffered. You don't even look like the loneliness that you experienced. You look full and you look like Jesus. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. I'm not going to be up here quoting any prophecies. I'm just quoting promises. So I could say those in strength. I could say those with confidence. I could say those with 10 toes down. The promises of God will never, ever, ever come back void. They're never empty. They're not fake promises. He says, trust in me. I'm going to turn to Ephesians 4.22, and I want to read that to you. What does he say? He says it right here. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You have to put off your old self. The way you used to think, the way you used to act, the way you used to reason. Put off your old self. It will not help you. And he says to put on the new self. And you're like, Pastor, what does that even mean to put on the new self? I don't even know what a new self looks like. I want to tell you that your new self is wrapped up in the pages of this book. That's where your new self lies. It's wrapped up all in Jesus. He says, put on Jesus. And I guarantee you the things that you thought could never happen will happen before your very eyes. Do you want to know why some of you guys are working at a job that you are unqualified for? Because at some point in your life, you put on the new self and God is like, oh, I'm going to do something that doesn't make sense to you. I'm going to put you in a place. I'm going to put you in a position that you are unqualified for. And you wake up every day going to that job happy and unqualified. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing sometimes, but somehow they like me. I don't even why I don't even know why they want to promote me, but I just keep being like Jesus and things just keep coming my way. I don't want to go into a new year with old old habits. Let's not go into 2022, I mean 2023 with 2022 thinking. We serve a God of the impossible. Yeah. We serve a God of the impossible. 
I want to encourage some believers in this room who thought the vision that God had for them was dead. It wasn't dead, it was dormant. Nothing is dead in Christ Jesus, it's just dormant. See, you got to understand that for something to grow, it just needs to get under the soil a little bit. It needs to get under the soil. And all the growth that you have, it's just it fighting through the soil. And one day you're going to look at your life and you're going to see the beautiful flower that you bloomed to be. For some of us, 2022 was a good year. For some of us, 2022 was a trying year. But for all of us who are in this room and watching online, you are alive to tell your testimony. You are alive. to. You think 2022 was a waste. It wasn't a waste. It wasn't just all pain. You have to understand 2022 wasn't all pain. It was all positioning. I'm just positioning you. I'm just moving you. God, why do I have to go through this? Because I got to strip some things away from you. God, why am I going through this? Because I want to make you a little tougher because the thing that I'm called you to is trying to snuff you out before your due time. I'm just trying to position you. All of your pain has position. All of it gets positioned in the kingdom. There is no wasted tears. There is no wasted hurt. There is no wasted. God says, I am turning all things to good if you just trust me. I'm trying to encourage y'all today. Are y'all encouraged? He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan. But you listen, you can't hold on to the past and want to be made new in the future. Let it go. Disney has made millions of dollars off of that term. (laughs) Millions. Let it go. Let go of your past. Well, if you just, I don't need to know who you were. What I love, I believe that God, when he looks at you in heaven and you, because let's be honest with us Christians, we're a lot harder on ourselves than God is. Sometimes we're so critical of ourselves and Jesus is like, Why? But God, if you knew, he's like, I know it already. I know it before you knew you were going to do it before you did it. And some of us just stay focused on our past. And I believe Jesus just stays focused on our future. He's like, if you just burn the past, burn the, let it go. Take off the old self. Take off the old way of thinking. Listen, some of you guys have an old attitude. You have an old Let's be real. We have an old, stanky attitude. We look at some things all wrong, and God is like, why don't you put on your new self? Why don't you think like me? What do you mean think like God? We can't think like God. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you can think God's thoughts. He says, who can know the thoughts of God but those who are filled with his spirit? If you are filled with his spirit, you can know what he's thinking, and he'll let you in. He's like, it's not no big secret. I'm going to let you in. I want you to know my will. I want you to know my heart. You want to know why? Because when you said yes to me, you became a son or a daughter of the most high God. And so I want you to know how I move. I want you to know how I operate. He's not trying to hold it from you. But some of us, we're just, I think some of us are, we're not even addicted to a substance. We're just addicted to our past. Because our past is comforting. I'm going to keep on running the same thing. I'm going to keep doing the same thing because, like, I know what the thing is. But if you're following Jesus, he doesn't call you to run from your, run from your past. He's like, I'm calling you to run through your past into all that I've called you to do. What, is that, what does it have to do? What does First Kings have to do with what we're talking about today? 
There is no hack to following Jesus. There is no hack to following Jesus. If you guys could turn to Luke with me, and if one of the anointed sons and daughters of the house can get me a paper towel, obviously I didn't dress well for this. I thought it was going to be a cold day. We had no water for a whole week while it was freezing. Turn to Luke 9, 9.58, and this is Jesus talking. If following Jesus cost you everything, if following Jesus cost you everything, that means you have everything before you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your ministry. <laughs> uh, following Jesus will cost you everything. It'll cost you what you think your future looks like. It'll cost you everything. So this is Jesus. It says this is the cost of following Jesus. And as we start 2023, I want you to know that it's not easy to follow Jesus because if it was easy, this would be very, church wouldn't be necessary, but it's difficult. And so what happens? It says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. How many of us have told Jesus that? God, I'm going to follow you wherever. And then God calls us to Memphis and you're like, ooh, ooh, ee, ooh, Memphis. You know, there's bad people there. And Jesus is like, I grew up in Nazareth. What up? <laughs> Nazareth was a back then Memphis. It says that they were walking wrong. He's like, I'll follow you wherever you go. And a lot of us have made that promise intentionally. And we said, God, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever you call me to do. I'm going to be whatever you call me to be. Wherever you do, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. When I first read that, I was like, Jesus, what does this have to do with anything? He, the man just said, like, I'll follow you wherever. And God is like, foxes have dead and birds have nests. And he's like, so? Son of, play, son of man has no place to lay his head. And what Jesus was saying in that moment is that even the animals have a place of comfort. Even the animals have a place of comfort to lay their head, to go to sleep. Will you follow me into the uncomfortable? Will you follow me where there's no security? Where you follow me when things are not too great, when it feels uncomfortable. Will you follow me? Are you going to follow me there? Because you have to understand that Jesus doesn't like to go to the comfortable places because in the comfortable places, he, he really says, oh, there's a lack of faith here. Jesus always walked into the uncomfortable places. That's why Jesus was hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors. And he hung out with the pimps of that day. And he hung out with all those people because that was very uncomfortable for him to do. Some of us won't even cross the street to say hello to our neighbor. But here Jesus is. He's like, will you follow me to the uncomfortable place? Will you let go of security? Foxes have dens. Birds have nests. But the son of, son of man has no place to lay his head. And you know what that tells me also? Is that Jesus was poor. Right? He was poor. I don't know what image you have of Jesus when he walked this earth. But when he said this statement, I knew he was saying, He's a poor man. Jesus was probably looking dusty back in that day. And that's why people couldn't believe him. It's just like, that's Jesus? That's the miracle worker? How come he doesn't come with a chariot? How come he doesn't come on a horse? He's just walking, and he don't got no money? And he's walking with these other 12 dusty dudes? And they don't got no money? 
Following Jesus will cost you everything. It's going to cost you what gives you notoriety. It's going to cost you what gives you influence. All the things that you find security in, it's going to cost you that. I want to be made into the image. We talk about spiritual formation, and we know spiritual formation is a process of becoming more like Jesus. And you have to understand that in the process of becoming more like Jesus, it's letting go of the earthly security and grabbing onto Jesus. See, so many times we let go of a lot of things, right? We let go of uh, um, bad eating. We let go of all these things. But we never grab onto something else. We let go of all the past life. It's like, I'm letting go of all of it. Awesome. Amen. It's just like, then what are you grabbing hold to? I don't know. That's the problem. Because when you let go of something, you have to grab hold of something. That's the way it works. Because a lot of us have let go of a lot of old ways and a lot of old thinking. And the reason why we return back to it is because we didn't grab onto holiness. We're like, I'm just going to let go of all of it. Cool. All right, what are you doing next? I don't know. When I say, Lord God, I let go of my past and I want to hold on to everything that looks like you, that means I am training and conditioning my, mom, my mind, body, and soul to say, God, I'm going to hold on to your holiness. And I didn't say you're holding on to perfection, right? Don't confuse the two. Don't conflate the two. Right, where you think, like, I have to live this perfect Christian life. Jesus didn't say you have to live a perfect Christian life. He said, follow me. Follow me. I'm going to make you into the, I'm going to make you look like me. Follow me. And what does he say? When we jump back into Luke, he says, and then he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you proclaim the kingdom of God. I remember reading this when I was young. I was like, dang, Jesus, you a savage. Let the dead bury the dead. Dang. You harsh. But look at the guy's response. And I think a lot of us, we can see ourselves in that response, right? He goes, he says, he told him to follow me. He's like, yes, but first, let me. But first, me. But first, me. And I think that's for a lot of us, right? God is calling us. He's like, follow me. And we go, but first me. But first, let me go get this job. But first, let me be in this relationship. But first, let me do the things I need to do to make it comfortable. Let me get myself prepared to follow you. And that's why Jesus was like, let the dead bury the dead. And the interesting is, is like when you study the text, his father wasn't even dead. His father was alive. His father was alive. But Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. He's basically what this guy was saying, God, I, my father, you know, he's let me go bury him. And he was saying, like, give me time to make a decision. Let him grow to old age and I'll bury him and then I'll follow you. I think a lot of us, we've been conditioned with this religiousness in our heart, mind and soul that says, God, let me go get clean before I come to church. And God is saying, bring your mess. Bring your mess. Well, if I just get my life right, then I'll go to church. You've tried that for many years. How's that going? We're back at the same point, right? So why don't you just bring it to Jesus? 
Bring all your mess, bring all your insecurity, bring it all. Because he's like, come to me if you are weary and heavy burdened. I will give you rest. But the problem is that we're weary and heavy burdened and we're trying to manipulate and find ways to take those things off and they don't go anywhere. The same hurts that hurt from five years ago still hurt right now. The same addiction from 10 years ago, you're still addicted right now. And if you're honest with yourself, you're like, I've tried. I've tried to be disciplined. I've tried to do these things. And it just doesn't seem to be breaking. What do I need to do? And Jesus said, come to me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I lay you beside still waters. The peace that you are searching for will not be found in Google. And even though therapy isn't bad, the peace that you're looking for is not in therapy. It starts with Jesus. It has to start with him. And from him, all these things flow. Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things will be granted to you. Some of you guys are holding on to jobs you know God told you to let go of. This month, and I know some of you guys are not here for the rest of this month, but this month we're going to be talking about identity and sonship. Because I believe that there's a lot of believers in this room that you've been a Christian for a long time, but you don't know what it's like to have an identity in Christ. Some of us got saved into Christianity, but we never got saved into Christ. And so this month we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what does it mean to be a son or a daughter of this house? What does it mean to have my identity in Christ? What does it mean to walk in power and alignment and serve the house? What does it mean to sit at the table? You see, the world is not looking for Christians anymore. I don't know if you've heard the news. We live in a post-Christian society. We do. The world ain't looking for Christians. Go ahead, baby. I know who you are. You just testifying. That's your way to testify. We live in a post-Christian society. Ain't nobody looking for Christians. Ain't nobody looking for church. You see, and I find that, of course, we live in a post-Christian society. They're not looking for Christians anymore. No, no, no. People are looking for sons and daughters of the house. They're tired of looking for Christians. They're tired of it because they're like, man, these Christians, they don't even walk, they don't even live what they believe in. See, but when I have the identity of a son or daughter, when I have the identity of a son or daughter of the king, of course you're not going to look for Christians because the person who's outside the building, they're like, I'm, I'm looking for someone who belongs to a home. You ever notice that? They're not looking for Christians. They're looking for sons and daughters. They're looking for someone who has an identity in Christ. Because they're like, no, 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 I want to walk in with someone who knows who they are in Christ Jesus because I want to be our son or our daughter. Don't you know we live in the largest orphan generation there's ever been? Don't you know that? Don't you guys know that there's there's an attack on fatherhood? You don't know that? There's an attack on fatherhood. We live in a fatherless generation. Do you want to know what brings people back to fatherhood? Seeing sons and daughters look like their dad. Some of us don't even know our earthly father, but we see other people who are like, man, I know you don't know your earthly father, but you sure look like Jesus, and I want a dad like that. I want someone to run to like that. Of course the world isn't looking for Christians. 
They're looking for, for people with identity in Jesus. That's what they're hungry for. And for a lot of us, this month is, <laughs> if you're like, I don't know if I'm going to come to church this month, listen, I'm sorry, I hope you don't miss it, but a lot of us, some of us, some of us have this orphan mentality. We do. We move and operate in this orphan mentality, and it operates in this place of, like, let me get what's for me and only what's for me and never understand I, got, I am called to serve the house. A lot of us, I mean, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but let me continue. It says in verse 61, it says, Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me. Isn't that so crazy? I will follow you, but first let me. Let me. He says, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I want to speak to you, and I want to close out, and I want you to understand that God is calling you. And he's calling you not just to, to, to wander. He's calling you forward. He's calling you forward. He says, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for, the, for service in the kingdom of God. 2020, 2022, there were some of you in this room who said, God, if you could use anything, Lord, you can use me. And he goes, okay, I'm trying to use you. Why don't you get up and go and serve someone? Why don't you get up and love someone? Why don't you get up and pray for someone? It says no one is fit for service. Has anyone, anyone ever uh, looked back and walked forward? How many things have you walked into? I've done it. I tried to play it off cool too when I ran into something in New York. I ran into a pole. Yes, I did. It even made the ting sound, ting. I was so, my, like I hit that pole so hard, glasses flew off, phone fell out by hand. But that's like some of us as believers, right? We want to move forward in God, but we're looking back at our old life. But Jesus, look, I get to say, and the thing is, like, we like to glamorize our past. But, oh, those were good times. No, they weren't. You were drunk and lonely. Oh, yeah, those were good. Some of your friends like to bring up your past. Oh, those were the good old days. No, you weren't. You were broke. You were sleeping around looking for someone to satisfy you, and no one did. You were looking for the next promotion that would give you some sort of stability and identity, and that went away. That's what I love what Peter said, I mean what Paul said. He says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. I press on. You have to know that when you press on, you will face resistance. You ever, anyone ever press a button in their life? There's resistance on it. No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So I want to tell you today, let it go. Let go of your past. Let go of what you think will give you significance. Let it go. Because if it's something on this earth and it's not heavenly, it'll never fill you up. It'll never fill you up. That's why it's called happy hour. Because for one hour... I get to let go of all my inhibitions. 
I get to drink and just drown them all away. And then after that hour or two is over, they all come back. The beauty of walking with Christ is when you put your hands to the plow and you're looking forward, you're saying, God, I don't know what's behind me, but it's behind me now and you're in front of me. Lord, lead me in 2023. Show me how to steward my family. Show me how to steward my finances to honor you. I know yesterday I made a mistake and yesterday I fell short, but show me, lead me, give me wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And you guys have to understand that becoming like Jesus is a process. Some of us got saved and we thought we were going to look like Jesus the next day. It's a process because you are wrestling with you. You want to know the beauty about this? Where everyone has given up on you. Everyone matters. There are some people who have given up on your dream. God sits enthroned in heaven and he's like, don't give up. Don't give up on that family that you wanted. Don't give up on that spouse that you've been praying for. Don't give up on that job that you've been praying for. Don't give up. Don't give up. Look forward. But God, I feel like I've disqualified myself. The, yes, man will disqualify you, but I have already qualified you, and I'm doing it. When you stick with me, when you stay with me in this process, I'm doing it over and over because salvation isn't just a yes in church. It's a yes for a lifetime. This verse came to me at a very pivotal time in my life. Very, very pivotal. I'll never forget it. 2019, I was let go from a job, or let's be real, I was fired, right? Because Christians, we like to say let go and make it sound like it was clean and neat. No, I was fired. I didn't do anything wrong. It just wasn't working out, and I was fired. March 2019, it was those, that weekend was probably the most depressing. What's funny is I got fired on a Tuesday, and that Sunday I was preaching about security in Jesus. God is like, you really want a sermon? <laughs> Fire Tuesday. Two weeks later, this guy walks in the room. Don't know this guy from anywhere. Walks in with his wife, sits down. He goes, hey, we should meet this week. Do you have time? I'm like, I got all the time in the world. I'm unemployed. You know, pick a time, any time. I got it if you want it. He's like, yeah, we should meet and let's talk. Cool. We have a meeting on Wednesday. I remember, I'll never forget this. It was a rainy, rainy Wednesday. And we're talking, and he's talking to me, and he's like, yeah, so you were let go. So, you know, he's like, and he goes, you know, God, God's never worried about money. And I'm like, bruh, I know he's not, but I am. <laughs> like, I got a, our second kid was due in a month. What are we going to do? And we're just talking. He goes, you know, God's not worried about money. And I'm like, bruh, tell me that one more time. I'm going to slap you. Tell me that one more time. Stop telling me that. He goes, what do you want to do? I said, well, I either want to be the pastor of Pioneer Church or I want to work for a nonprofit because I'm tired of being in sales. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Tired of being in sales. I don't want to sell no one's stuff no more. He goes, okay. Now, mind you, I don't know this guy. He goes, you should be the pastor of Pioneer Church. I was like, we got like 20 people. And like, if we're really honest, like five of them tithed. So <laughs> he goes, okay, how much do you need? I'll do a quick math that day. 
wrote it down and said this much. He goes, okay, I'm going to pay your salary for the next six months. I sat there and I said, you ain't messing with me, right? Because I'm real emotional. You, like, you can mess around and find out. I'm real emotional right now. He's like, yeah, I'll pay your salary for the next six months. I was like, and now, now I'm from New York, so I'm like, okay, we'll see. Check showed up first of every month for the next six months. So that happened on Wednesday, right? And so I'm literally like, and I called Tasha almost in tears and just like, I'm, I'm like on a high. Like nobody could tell me nothing. And then Monday comes. And I was interviewing with this company that used to be right around the corner as an agricultural firm. And I was like, I was, y'all, I, when I tell you I was networking, I was networking, you know? One day I went there, I showed up in their offices uninvited. You don't do that apparently, but y'all know me. I'm, I'm, I'm as bold as they come. Like, I just showed up one day and I was just like, hey, my name is Jeremy, submitted my resume. Just want to talk to the hiring person, and I know you don't have to, and I know this is not right to do, but um, I just feel like I just want to add a personality to a piece of paper. And the hiring manager came out, and she spoke to me, and even the secretary was like, there must be something on you. She doesn't do that for anybody. And I was like, girl, it's the Holy Ghost. (laughs) She came out and talked. Monday morning, I'm sitting there as a new pastor, Sitting at, you know, what, you know, we Christians, we sit at coffee shops. (laughs) Sitting at the coffee shop, and I'm reading this, and it says, no one who puts their hands to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And I just couldn't let it go that morning. Anyone ever read something and it just sticks with you? It's just like you just can't get it off your mind. It's just on your hands. It's just like, ugh, you're trying to, like, move on. And it says, no one who puts their hands to the plow is fit. And so I pick up my phone, check my email. I got an email from that company. Jeremy, we are so impressed by you. We want to hire you. Just come in for a quick interview, and we want to get this ball rolling. And I'm sitting, I'm like, what? All the securities, I would have a good paying job. I would have a 401k. I would have PTO. I would get all these things, insurance for my child that was coming. All these things were just like, yes, once you say yes to this job, like all these things will be rolled out for you. And I sat there and I was like, look at you. puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I didn't know my temptation was a test because as a man providing for his family to have insurance, to have a steady job, It was everything that I needed. It was everything that I was like, this would give me security. This would make me secure. And the words just stuck to me that day. No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And in that very moment, I sense the Holy Spirit go, you going to trust me? It was the hardest email I've ever had to write back, but I did it in faith. 
Now, mind you, I put in all the work to just get them to notice me. But I didn't notice in that moment that God noticed me before they did. He says, Jeremy, you put your hands to the plow. You can't look back now. I called you. I called you. You can't look back at that job. You can't look back at the things of the world. So what I had to do in that moment, I slaughtered my oxen. I said, thank you. I appreciate you guys reaching out. But I'm answering a call that God gave me. I haven't looked back. And now that's been oh, three years, almost four years now. That company doesn't even exist in Memphis, but here we are. But by the grace of God, we go. Don't do things according to your senses. Do it according to the spirit. It, I can tell you there are plenty of people who are like, that doesn't make any sense. But God goes, it doesn't make sense, but I make change. I told you, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. You can't hack this relationship. You got to trust me with every step, with every solution, with every submission of a resume, with every person. You have to trust me and relinquish what you think you know and hold on to the things that I promised you. Burn 2022. Don't hold on to the things of the past. Whatever you thought you knew, let it go. Cling to Jesus. And I guarantee you he'll make this year brighter, bigger, more colorful, more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Some of you guys have been praying for one person to get saved that you know. And you don't know God is trying to save the whole family. See, we see what's in front of us. God sees from beginning to the end. pray that you trust God with wild faith this year. I pray for the things that make sense to your flesh. The Holy Spirit says, uh-uh, that's not what I'm trying to do. I pray that he challenges you, that you rise to the challenge when God says, oh man, when you say, oh man, that's a good deal, that's a good promotion, that's good money, and the Holy Spirit goes, uh-uh. All money and good money. Some of us see some people that you're like, oh, I want to date them and, go, and God goes, uh-uh. But God, look at them in the church. Yeah, but I don't have their heart yet. Allow God to challenge the way you think, and I guarantee you, you will always end up on the benefit. You will always end up. You guys receive that today? Amen. Stand with me. We're going to take communion as a family. New year, no hacks. Don't hack your relationship with Jesus. Don't hack it. There are no hacks to walking with Jesus. There's no shortcuts. Don't think because you listen to Maverick City five times it makes you a Christian. They don't work like that. Don't think because you listen to, um, to listen to certain podcasts that makes you closer to God. It don't work like that. Don't think because, oh, my, my, my dad's a Christian. It don't work like that. You get in a relationship with God on your own. Put in the work. Put in the work. What's the work? Prayer. What's the work? Fasting. What's the work? Studying scripture. What's the work? Spending time in silence before the Lord. That's the work. It's not easy. You think it's easy for me as a pastor to wake up every day and be like, I can't wait to read my Bible. No, there are some days I'm like, Lord, I don't even know what this means. 
But I always find that when I, when I make the space for him to show up, he always shows up. He always shows up when I say, all right, God, I don't know what this means to me and I don't know how this applies to my life, but I'm here. And he always goes, oh, you're here, I'm here too. I want to take communion, but before we take communion, I, I believe communion is a sacred practice. It's a sacred liturgy and that we shouldn't rush into communion haphazardly, but we should rush into communion knowing where we stand with God. And so before we take communion as a family, I want everyone to lift their hands. You don't have to lift them high. You can just lift them where they're comfortable. I'm not trying to get your shoulders to start burning. With every eye closed, and I want you to repeat after me, because I want us to posture our hearts well before the Lord. And before we take communion, we have to adjust the posture of our hearts. So repeat after me. You say, Lord, I'm sorry. Wash me of my sin through the sacrifice of Jesus. Cleanse my heart, cleanse my head, and cleanse my hands so that I may receive what you have for me. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. If you would take of, on the night that he's betrayed, he said, take this bread and eat of it. For this is the bread of the new and everlasting covenant. This new covenant is going to range for the rest of eternity, and it's going to be even sweeter in 2023. You're like, it didn't say that. I know. But everlasting includes 2023, y'all. Every time you take of this bread, do this in remembrance of me. Father, we take this bread knowing that your body was broken for us, but you held it all together. So we remember the sacrifice of your body on the cross. Everyone take of the bread. On the same night that he was betrayed, he said, take this cup. This is a cup of my blood, which is a new and everlasting covenant. Every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And I know for those who haven't walked with Jesus or you're like, blood? It's not blood in here. It's just a symbolism of the blood that was poured out for us that would wash our sins white as snow. It was by his blood alone that can, we can stand in the presence of God. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your blood that was poured out, and it's still poured out over us. Lord God, we thank you for the salvation that comes when we trust in your name. Everyone take of the cup. Lord, for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever and ever and ever. And everyone said... Before I get off the stage and Jerry, as Jerry comes up, lift your hands up. I want to pray a special blessing over you um, before we leave and before you hear announcements. Jesus, I just thank you for every soul in this room and every soul online who is responding to this call. Father, I pray that you bless, bless and do not curse each and every person in this room for 2023. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that we let go of trying to build our own empire and we cling to building the kingdom. Every person in this room who has a spiritual gift, I pray that we fan into flame the gifts that you put in them. 
I thank you, Lord God, that their pain has positioning, Lord God, that you position them for your glory, that they will go out and share the gospel of who they once were and who God saved them and called them to be. Father, I pray, Lord God, that they operate in power and alignment as true sons and daughters of the word. Lord God, I pray that every word that is spoken today, Lord God, produces fruit that they have yet to understand of what it will bear. Lord God, I thank you for their life. I thank you, Lord God, that you are good. Bless them. Bless, Lord God, bless them. Show them how to steward for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. 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 If y'all want to have a seat real quick. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.